The following may contain language that is not suitable for all audiences. It's time. For the Low Fat Podcast. All right. It's Good Friday. It is. You know what's funny about it, though? Apparently, that was something. It was on the news the other day, and I just thought it was dumb. What's that? Uh, Good Friday, Passover, and, and like Ramadan are all in the all same period. Overlapping or something. Uh huh. And. Well, that got me to thinking about uh, religion a little bit. Um, before the Judeo-Christian stuff came along, you know what? Basically, every religion had a uh, every the the mystical human thing was to do human sacrifice. Yeah, they all had human sacrifice. The Celts, the South Americans, who else? All the of Asians. Them. That them too. Well, they didn't. They didn't do the human sac. They didn't. It wasn't called human sacrifice. But basically, like if a king died, mm-hmm. they would uh, kill off a bunch of people. Oh yeah, all of his. Um, the the that in was, China wasn't it the whole no. Well, that that's the whole reason why the, the vassals the the whole terracotta army got started. Because the vassals were like, no, they're running out of people. Ah, uh, <laughs> no, like we we can't be killing all these bureaucrats all the time. Or soldiers or whatever, but yeah, and and like in India, right? If a, if a, if a die if a guy died before his wife did, they just kill her too. Well, didn't didn't isn't that the Viking thing as well, or is that just from a movie? No, they did that too. And so people, what people want Africa. us to do? They want us to go back to that? Is that the whole thing? I don't think it ever really went. Away. Well, that's the funny thing about the about the abortion thing because we were out out having coffee and and because all those. All those, uh, all those uh, nonprofits pretty much are the same. He was wearing a so there's a there's a there's a guy wearing an Amnesty, Amnesty International uh, vest. vest trying to get people to make sure that they can keep abortion access wherever. But I heard snippets of it because most people were ignoring him. Just but about ninety five percent. I think they were talking about in Africa and stuff. But I was just like, that's the that's the thing. So like, I'm not saying that there is a I personally think that there is a correct side to be on. I'm not going to tell anybody to do it because number one, I think that all the information that we're subjected to via mass media mm-hmm. is BS. Um, and so, you know, I have, I have, I have qualms about both, right? I don't, I, I don't see how abortion has anything to do with reproduction in that they're trying to, What's the word? Put the... They can't put a genie back in the bottle, so... What do you mean they can't put it... Oh, you mean... You're not a little bit pregnant. You're pregnant. Right. I mean, there, there, there are plenty of things that are binary. It's, it's either one thing or it's another thing. There's, you know... There's, there's a lot that's gray, yes. And I think most, most things are gray because we choose to make them that way. Well... Actually, scratch that. I don't know if we if we choose, but there are a lot of things that are gray, right? Mm-hmm. But there are also a lot of things that are pretty 
one or the other. You're either alive or you're dead. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, I'm not going to go through the whole host of stuff. But everybody in a position of power, and I don't care what position of power you're in and what institution you're in or whatever, it's corrupt. Now, you know, the things that I see on the the the, the whole leftist liberal movement is they're talking about kindness and caring and wanting to help and that's their that's their mantra. And on the socially conservative uh, religious side of stuff, the new thing that they're talking about because they're talking about how abortion is basically child sacrifice. And just like just like I'm sitting there going, well, I don't see how abortion has anything to do with reproduction in that they're trying to, I don't know, erase a mistake. If you want to call, you know, a potential life a mistake or make things convenient or, you know, whatnot. Just like that. On the other side of it is like, well... <clears throat> I guess they, they each have their, I'm, I mean, I'm not, I'm trying, I'm trying not to step on any toes because. Why? Because we're all the same. None of us are good. <clears throat> Everybody thinks we are. See, I, an individual, an individual is a precious <clears throat> person. A group of individuals is an asset. And the sooner that we can kind of figure stuff Actually, I don't give a fuck what y'all, what anybody else does, because I always, I always feel like that whenever someone's saying we need to do this, we need to do that, it's basically you're trying to manipulate me or use me. So I don't think that I can hold, I don't, I don't think that it's right that I hold that opinion and then say, and this is why we need to do this or we need to do that, right? Because you're only worried about you? No, because... I don't think that I can sit there and poo-poo people, certain people, who only see us as assets, and then turn around and say, "But I got the, I've got the, I've got the cure." So you know, follow me or do what I say, and everything will be rosy. Depending on depending on who or what you believe, we've been around for our what, 150,000 to 6,000 years. And in all that time, we have yet to have created anything or done anything to to be in harmony. With each other or just everything? If there is a possibility. I mean, we all talk about the utopian thing. Living in harmony. Well, what's the what's the big anti-communist deal? Oh, you're trying to live in some kind of utopia that don't work. Mm-hmm. Well, the religious stuff is pretty utopia, utopian in my book. You mean afterwards? Yeah. I mean, they both say, do this, and you'll hit this great place with milk and honey and whatnot. <laughs> Mead. Um... But, you know, so... I have difficulty with... Um, I have... Because I'm, you know, I'm Catholic. And I have difficulty with the Catholics that are, like, pro-abortion. Because I'm like, well, that's against the church. Well, I don't see how you can be that. So I'm like, I'm like, how... 
how can you call yourself a Catholic if the if the church is very clear on that? You know, you just like turn a blind eye to it or say, I'm going to I'm going to live by my Catholic faith, but not this one thing. Like I said, there are things that you can't pick and choose or you either are or you aren't. I got <clears throat> I got unfriended by somebody over this very debate a long time ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Because she didn't like what I was saying. I mean, come on. Well, it's very odd. You know, before we were talking about how you can't be, you can't have power and talk about how you're powerless, um, which is kind of what, what I see going on right now. But even in the religious traditions, especially the Christian one, and it wasn't very long ago, a couple of, a couple of decades ago, talking about how the Christians mm-hmm. talk about how like, oh, we're outsiders. We're going against this. We're going against but that. But they were at the beginning. Yeah, a few thousand years ago. Right. When there was still Rome. <clears throat> but they already they already won. And they're still giving out that message. Well, there is still some... There's still persecution of Christians going on in certain parts of the world. Well, that's, well they're not in power there. That's the thing. That That's my point. Whenever you have power, you persecute somebody else. So you're saying if the and, Christians, if you're talking about an area where the Christians in power, they're persecuting somebody else. That's what it feels like the people that aren't in power. Because what's the first thing they do when they get the power? Well, I think it depends on who's in power. Well, I disagree with you on that. I don't think Christians are killing people these days. Give it time. That's the, that's the one commonality I see. When you don't have the power, you're talking about how, oh, I just want to get along. Oh, why are you doing this? Oh, we can all coexist. And then the second you get the power, coexist means you do what I say. Like, I, was, I always thought it was kind of funny during the Crusades when the people that were apologists for... Islam were talking about how they, you know, they treated the other minorities like in the golden age when they had all the, like, you know, like during the, the, what is it? The Ottoman empire Mm -hmm. and whatnot, or when they had the power, um, they were very quote unquote accommodating or not accommodating, but they, they didn't persecute, you know, they let, they let people live, live in their religion. That's just not true though. Whether it is or not is not the point of what my what I was going to say. Okay. But I was like, like you know, they were like, like the Holy Land thing, right? Mm-hmm. They wanted control of that, and they were going to let Jews and Christians live there and whatever. But they had to be in if control. You convert. Not necessarily. I mean, the Janissaries, which were the, the Janissaries, mm-hmm. the uh, the the military corps of the Ottoman Empire. Mm-hmm. Basically, what they did in the to the client folks living in their lands was they took one kid, one male kid, generally the youngest, and then they they trained them. They trained them. They they taught them to read, write, um, and you know converted them. They had to be they had to be Muslims. Okay, but they were like the sultan's elite guard. 
and they and they recruited them from oh well recruit wherever. recruit makes it sound like like hey you right <laughs> it was but it was more like the king's shilling it was a for well even the king's shilling is is a form of recruitment right it's like hey you don't you don't you want to not live in this hovel of a place join the british army and you know well, i think they forcefully recruited people i don't know if you can call that recruiting so even Kong- you owe us money well again it made it seem like there was a choice no choice can you call it recruiting if there's no choice i don't think you can i mean that's just that's just you know enslavement but for the longest times right like the the genissary core was like it and when people were involved as all things happened it just started to rot and then by the end of the ottoman empire or close to the end Janissary Corps was basically made up of, you know, sons of the elite. Just like during the Middle Ages, when Christianity had was, was getting a bigger and bigger... Well, when, when all of Europe was getting, right? Uh-huh. Who, who, who were all the upper-level clergy of those places? They were all uh, royals. There were spares. Yeah. What I like to call the spare, right? The heir and the spare? Yeah. Well, we already got an heir. So the now. The heir is going to be so someone this, in the church. Yeah. And then lo and behold, junk just started to rot. Even if you, even if you watch movies, and I'm thinking of the movie about uh, my favorite Catholic. Who? St. Francis, man. Well, he was a he was a soldier. He is he was the wealthy son of a merchant. You know all this stuff. Before he's a soldier. He was, you know. Hey, I'm like, mm, that's a that's a recruit that's a recruitment aid. It's right funny there. they don't really focus on that part of his story though. Well, they focus on the the poverty part. Yeah, like what he did after he was a soldier. I always like I always like the the people who talk like oh the, the gift of poverty. And I'm like, well, how come you're not embracing that gift? Because who wants to be poor? Not I. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was just... I'm not going anywhere in particular with this stuff. I mean... So do you think a rich man can pass into the kingdom of heaven? Only if he can fit through the eye of the needle. But that's... But that's... That's interesting, that, that thing, right? Because the... It's not actually an it's eye. It's not an actual... Yeah. A needle. It's... It's it, the it, kneeling. It's, it's the, the... It's the gateway. It's the gateway, so you have to kneel. You have to kneel and take... And you have to... You have to kneel and you have to take all the junk that you put on the camel right. off the camel. Right. But that's, that's, that's not how people, people literally think of like passing through the eye of a needle, which is impossible. Well, I submit that even if there's a way to do it, it's almost impossible. You're going to give up all your power, all your riches, take that stuff out and be humble and crawl through. Well, that's another that's another story where, where Jesus gets approached by a rich guy, and he was like, "You can join me, but you got to give it all up." And he was like, "You got to give it all away." And he was like, "Oh, I can't do that." Thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, well, you know, not many people can. So it's kind of it seems like it's hard to recruit somebody when they're when they're wealthy. It's hard to recruit anybody. Well. 
to a religion, yes. Because you got you, if you say them, you got to give it, give it, give it all to the church, or you got to give it all up. Most people aren't willing to do that. I mean, I think that's the whole reason why they call it the opiate of the masses. They being the commies. Is that right, commies? Hey, dude, I um. What does that even mean, though? Religion is the, is, an, is the opiate of the masses. It's what you it keeps do. Everybody asleep. Well, is that it's, what he's saying? it's from his standpoint. It's uh, what he's saying. It's religion's no good. Well, from my understanding or my interpretation of it, the opiate of the masses is whatever you use to deal with life, or the opiate is. Well, I'd rather have religion as an opiate than communism. Well, yeah, because communism is also another religion. And it also says you don't need family. All you need is the state. The state's going to look after you. Well, that's, that, that goes on to the topic that I was going to talk about today. I mean, I had, I had other stuff up there, but it's just really, eh, you know? <laughs> like, uh, like, like, what's behind stereotypes? Right? I mean, I only find it interesting in that because, uh, you know, are they even true? Sometimes. Why? I don't know. But uh, so the um, but you you inadvertently hit on a topic that I put that I would that I because I've been thinking about this a lot. And the 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 thing is, is uh, um, like, how do you help? How do you help what? Well, the thing I wrote down was how do you help people those that are less fortunate than you? Try and help them bring themselves up. Whatever. But my conclusion was that the help that's generally doled out is a very feminine way of doing things in that it's very, in that it seems very nurturing. Uh, one example would be like the homelessness issue. Mm-hmm. I refuse to say unhoused because I think that's just weird. Unhoused? Well, that's just like reproductive rights to me. I've never heard that expression before. I'm now. surprised. <laughs> I'm surprised because it's it's. Well, I don't, you know, I don't watch the news anymore. So I try not to. That's that's the new word they used. Yes, they use. Yes, just like you went from illegal alien to. But they're not housing any of them, though. Yeah, they are. Not really. Well, they're what? building houses, but they're not really housing them. That's where the corruption comes in. But the, the whole idea is, these are people that need houses. Uh huh. Houses. A house is a right. Mm-hmm. So doesn't matter why you're not able to have your own house. You should just give them one. But then it doesn't... They've done studies to show that it doesn't work. Again, we don't need to go into all the practicalities of stuff. <laughs> why? Have you ever... I'm just... My point is that the proposed solution to me seems a very feminine way of doing things. And I only think of that because I think of mothers and fathers. Okay. Whenever you needed something, what does your mom generally do? She gives it to you. Yeah. In a perfect world. Right. Well, in a perfect world, generally. Yeah. When you need something, what does your dad usually do? Say so you have to go, like, you have to go get it. Do this, do that to get it yourself. So that means 
tries to tell you, teach you, show you how to get that. Right. Not give it to you. That's my understanding of stuff. If I had children, I would like to think that if my kid needed something, and let's not get ridiculous, right? Like medical attention. Right. I'm not going to sit there and say, okay, kid, you need to figure out what's going on with you and call a doctor. Or if your kid needs a car, you're going to be like, if you work for five years, you can get the money to buy a car. I would like to think that I would do that. Really? And knowing me... Okay, so maybe I need to I remember I remember having that very conversation maybe, with my father. Maybe I need to maybe I need to change it around. It's not like a, a feminine masculine way of thing. It's a parental thing. Because if I had loads of money, uh-huh. my kid wanted a car. I'd buy the kid a car. So you but what if your kid like had access to let's say like a low interest student loan or something, would you be like, Yeah, go into Hawk? To get yourself a car kid? Well, as I sit now and, and, and knowing what I know about the education system, uh-huh. I would give my kid a low interest loan. Right. But you wouldn't encourage your kid to go and get a loan from the government or somebody else? No. Yeah, that's what I thought. But I would I would give the kid a loan and be like, this is how you're going to pay me back. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. If I had the wherewithal. But just giving someone something, I think, only takes care of the immediate need, if you will. Right. And I've also observed that just in in terms of giving things, even things like praise. Like, you can, like, if you praise a kid for everything they do, then it becomes meaningless. Kid turns out like me. Yeah. No, it becomes meaningless because it's like everything you do, you're going to have someone sitting there saying, good job, good job, good job. Then like at no point are you saying bad job. And, and, and at that point, you're going to be like, as a kid, you're going to be like, everything I do is great. Well, some people don't really need that. They don't need the praise. No, some people just, you know, end up thinking that regardless. I think it's when they get... When you give a kid constant praise, it happens. Well, like, like, like if you do something that you're supposed to do, right? Like, you don't, you shouldn't have to praise somebody for doing something they're supposed to do. I think it's, I think you do that when they're children. Yeah. But then it becomes a very rude awakening when they're adults. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, you're not really praising me for all the stuff I'm supposed to do. I'm like, well, you're an adult. Okay, so you make that distinction. I think I think as an adult, getting praise for something that you do that you're supposed to do is worthless. But so, so you would praise your kid all the time for stuff when my kid was small. Like how small? Toddler. What about when they're like ten? Depends on what it is. Yeah. Oh, you got straight A's. Good job. Mm-hmm. You should be getting straight A's. <laughs> but yeah, that's my second point. Yeah, you should be getting straight A's, but it's good. But it's you're going to say that? No. Both? I don't know. I don't know. Look, I'd like to think that I'd be this real hard-ass, fair, great pops. Yeah. But truth be told, if there are any young females of childbearing age out there listening, 
I'm going to need a woman who's a little bit of a hard ass. Oh, by the way, we saw uh, Emma Watson today, and I was very excited. <laughs> well, there, there are several people who think that it's Emma Watson. Uh, I, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it was her, man. Oh, probably. We were we were out in an area. You understand how many times I've watched the Harry Potter movies. I was like, that's her. Okay. Okay. So it probably is. But you thought it was somebody else. I was too busy staring at the other woman that was with her. <laughs> I wonder if that was her... But that's that's kind of par for the course. I mean, the, the last time we had that situation... I didn't even notice the other person or the other woman that was with her. Same deal, it was right? probably her family. Well, I know one of them was her family because it looked just like her, just an older version of her. That's probably her mom. Yeah, no doubt. But anytime... Well, this happened many, many years ago. We were at... A meeting. Yes. And Charlize Theron... Monica Airport. Charlize Theron came in. And I was too busy flirting with her assistant, had no idea who that tall blonde was. And you're all like, that was Charlize Theron. And I was going, oh, damn. Dude, I was, I was looking so hard at Charlize that she was like looking at her phone. Yeah, she I was. was like, she was uncomfortable. I was too busy. <laughs> I was too busy having more fun with her very attractive assistant. Well, that was probably, the other girl was probably her, her assistant or her friend. I just said assistant. No, I mean like today. It could have been, but. Again, again. It was just me and two young Indian girls that, that were having the star sighting. Yeah. Oh. Um, I was so excited. It's kind of sad. I don't know. It's always kind of fun when you do that. Yeah. I mean. But I wanted to, like, get back. Remember how remember how excited? <laughs> you were like, no, 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 no. Remember how excited I was when we met Carl Weathers? Well, yeah. But that was, like, the official introduction. We had fun talking to him. You had fun. I was, like, too self-conscious to really talk to him. But I forget where I was going, but yeah, so. What were we talking about? Well, I don't know what we were talking about, but from now on, I'm going to stop suggesting people do this, people do that. Why? Uh, How are you ever going to get a following if you don't? Like maybe you're not interested in following. Well, it's it's all because of what I just told you. I I really get I get rubbed the wrong way when people are sitting there saying, "Oh, well, you know, there needs to be more personal responsibility," or whenever I get propagandized to, I I get really sick of the people saying, "This is what you need to do. This is the roadmap. Do this." And I, I I'm just like. Well, you do that, dickhead. Don't tell me what to do. So since I can only really say what I think I should do, like with politics, right? I mean, I hate all of them. Hate's a very strong word. I dislike all of them. I, I dislike what's going on, but I still think that change can happen. And, you know, as a citizen, I need to be, I should be, Involved and thankfully, the the generally the bulk of my involvement really only happens once every couple of years. Mm-hmm. Now, to be a responsible citizen, I've got th- that once every few years. I got to figure junk out, or I have to figure junk out before to apply to you know the thing, and the thing being an election. Educate myself, learn political philosophy, whatever, and you know. You can't really tell me that I don't have the time to do that. But, and this is like our continuing theme of something I always come back to, but 
if it's just you, right, and you're doing things what I consider to be the right way and you have the right philosophy about things, that's that's enough that you're doing it? It's enough for me. But how, how are people going to know about this? Well, I tell people. That's what and I then do. The, and if they want to choose to follow you, that's it? You don't have to tell them I, to follow I, you? I don't want anybody to follow me, man, because that's just... That, that... Look. Why not? Just like I said, an individual is a precious gift from heaven. Uh-huh. A group of people is an asset. I think... But maybe it's an asset for a good thing. It good could... Purpose. Okay, but I'm not good and neither is any other individual on earth yeah but it's better that they follow you than somebody else no it's better that they that people kind of educate themselves well i don't know if that's going to happen though Dave. well okay but like, like if you if but just because something's not going to happen don't mean you quit no but like if you want things to be going in a better direction I'm not going to say the right direction. A different direction. A different direction. There has to be like momentum and there has to be like enough people for it to happen. Right? So if it's just you and a handful of other people that are like you. Brother, it's more than a handful of people. But the majority is like going in the wrong direction. Do you you know... There's only one choice anyone ever needs to make in order for something to go into a different direction than it's going now or ever has been. And I'm going to be real vulgar here. You want to know what that is? What is it? You got to decide whether or not you're going to be a whore. There it is again. Well, that's the bottom line. It's the bottom line. And I don't mean whore in a sexual context. Everything breaks down to that. I will do anything for my kids, including being a whore. Okay. Now that you've rationalized your decisions, you've doomed yourself and another generation and potentially another generation. But it's like people start off when they're young, they start off having these ideas of like, this is what I want to do. They're like, I want to, I want things to change, like fight the power, all that stuff. Right. Then they become, then they get some money, they get some fame, they get whatever. And that, and then at that point, they, they sell out to the establishment, to getting ahead, whatever. And then at that point, they're a whore. Yeah. So it's like, that always happens. Well, it doesn't, you don't have to. And then people on the out, on the other side of it are like, look at these, this guy was, fuck, this guy fucking gave a shit right 30 years ago when he was a young guy trying to make it and now he's now he's like he or she is part of the he's successful and now he's like on the side of the establishment that always happens well I would just substitute establishment for the devil but yeah and so it's like you sold out yeah, and you can't you can't fault that person for doing that because every one of us would probably do the exact same thing in that situation. But yet, everybody, people do fault that that person. So at that point, the question is: Is it just jealousy? 
It's real, it's real easy to sit there with nothing and talk about how I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I see this on, like, I see posts all the time on social media of someone saying, look at this guy. He fo- At one point, I had some respect for this guy, and now I have no respect for him. But that just means that you can't deify a person. Isn't that the whole, isn't that the big, if you listen to the, to the, to the, to the big, um, uh, criticisms of, you know, the folks in our day and age, 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 the, uh, the big criticism is like, you know, so-and-so thinks that, that, that they're a God. And that's why, you know, that's why my way is better because I don't think I'm a God. Mm-hmm. Like, well, I don't know if you do or if you don't, but sitting sitting underneath an umbrella don't keep you safe. Like the umbrella the, being the group? The umbrella of good government, the umbrella of this religion, the umbrella of whatever, this philosophy. Right. Because you get under the umbrella, and now you've got all these assets and you can you can you can apply that to any situation government religion employer anything you know there there are plenty of people that have loads of faith and not faith but loads of uh what's the word i'm looking belief now um admiration i don't know but there are a lot of people that really like the military. Right. And think of it as an institution that's really good. Mm-hmm. Because maybe they, they were in it. They, they knew people that are in it. Most of the time, the people that you knew were private soldiers. Yeah. And yeah, those guys, those guys, you know. The grunts. You hear you hear stories about, about people that... that just did all kinds of junk for their buddies. I was like, eh. But that's what I'm telling you. Individual is a precious gift from heaven. Bunch of individuals is an asset. And is that bad? Uh, well, what's the job? I, I've basically distilled existence for men and women into two basic phrases. <clears throat> from from my looking at history. Okay. So basically, if you're a woman, your job's to have kids. If you're a dude, your job's to impregnate a woman or as many women as you can and then die in a war. <laughs> so yeah, for an individual, that's pretty bad. Basically, as a woman, your only value is what comes out of your womb. And if you're a if you're a man, your only value is to fight off the group's enemies and die. Preferably after you've, like you know, had a couple of kids yourself. You still th- think it's still like that? Yeah. All these countries are talking about population. Most recently, I saw how how for the first time in sixty years, China is not is their population is decreasing. That's the power. The power of any government is not in the land or it's, it's in the, it's in how many people you've got. I mean, why do you think China had the human wave theory as a strategy for warfare? Because the it, Russians too. 
well, the Russians don't have enough people. That It works. Any fixed position is going to fall if you throw enough people at it. Yeah. And unfortunately, warfare is a pretty brute, dumb business. You get more people on one side than the other side, you beat the other side. End of story. <laughs> Period. Now, if you're a general and you have a few hundred thousand people under your in your command, and while it's impossible, let's say you know every one of those people's stories. Yeah. You gonna be able to you gonna be able to send your brother out to die? Oh hell no. But you're gonna be able to send out, be able to send out your neighbors to die. Or people you don't know about. <laughs> I mean, you know, people hate Robert E. Lee now, or he's, Robert E. Lee is very unpopular right now, but he, he said the, one of his quotes is indeed, you know, I like it because he kind of, he kind of realized what his life was all about. Mm-hmm. Bullshit. What did he say? What was the quote? Do you remember? Uh, to be a good soldier, you have to love the army. Mm-hmm. To be a good general, you have to kill that which you love. Oh, man. And, you know. That's a brutal quote. Yeah. And. He was, he was, he did a lot with what he had. Didn't have, didn't have as much material, didn't have as much manpower, didn't have as much, but he, he, had, he made a war go on for four years, five years. And it wasn't until, until the, the union got a general that was like, okay, I've got all these men. They don't. We're going to win. Yeah. And this is how. He, he, dude, there there were battles that, that he would lose more guys. You're talking about Grant, right? Yeah, there were battles where he would lose more guys than than Lee had on his entire side. But it was a numbers game. That's what that's all warfare is. It's numbers and logistics. Yeah. So this idea of like you know the general, the the brave whatever getting all these accolades for pulling shit out of the out of the fire everything it's all about it's all about logistics I mean that was uh, what was it uh, World War II right uh, McNamara and his crew yeah there were all these there were all these generals at the Pentagon talking about this and they had to listen to these college kids who were basically uh, logistics guys yeah and even before that's all warfare really is keep your keep as many men Clothed, housed, and healthy, so they can kill somebody else. So you just need good administrators, basically. Unfortunately, yeah, that's all. That's 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 basically how our world. Well, McNamara wasn't. He that's kind of what he was, right? Yeah, he was a geek, right? Didn't give a didn't give a rat's ass about cars. <laughs> when he was when he was at the head of Ford, he everybody was like, "You don't like cars," because you know. Basically, if you had a Trabant that wouldn't break down, uh-huh. he'd be like, that's the car. Let's sell it. Yeah. It took a salesman to create the Mustang and the minivan and all that junk. Right. So McNamara was not a salesman. No. Just like Eisenhower. He wasn't a, he wasn't a battlefield general. Who was the guy that had the riding crop? Uh, Hitler, MacArthur. Oh, that's MacArthur, and that was during World War One. Okay, and he was a madman. Well, he was a prima donna. I remember one quote was uh, about his uh, one quote about the family was they were talking about MacArthur's father. I think his father's name was Arthur. Arthur McNamara. Arthur MacArthur. MacArthur. Oh. 
Oddly enough, his well, how can McNamara and MacArthur mix it up? MacArthur's brother was uh, was uh, Arthur as well, but uh, somebody was talking about why would you call your kid Arthur if your last name was MacArthur? Just the, for the same reason why you'd call your son Robert if your last name was Roberts. Robert Roberts, <laughs> which is a movie, by the way, is it? Yeah, but uh, yeah, there's a quote. I forget who it was, but somebody said uh, about MacArthur's father. Um, he was the most arrogant man I've ever met until I met his son. <laughs> well, Ford was pretty arrogant too, wasn't he? Uh, Henry Ford? Yeah. Henry Ford was a kook, in my opinion. Mr. Axel Grease. Yeah, Axel Grease. He was, he, was he was an uneducated kook. But he came up with one idea, and, and the entire modern philosophy, modern, all of modern society is based on that. That's crazy. And Aldous Huxley figured that out way before I did. Really? Brave New World. I don't know much about Huxley, but I've seen some recordings of him, and he's an interesting guy. They're all interesting guys. I wish I wish there were... Well, actually, I don't know if I wish that there were more of them. But anyway, I mean, that's... that's uh, It's kind of low-key and kind of long. Yeah. So, you know... Like, subscribe, keep listening, tell other people. And I'm a little behind on editing, so. And, uh, you know, don't take any of, our, any of our advice as advice. Take your advice as advice. Actually, it's not even advice. Anyway, it's time to eat. Happy Easter. Thank goodness the whole thing is over today. Dave's been eating fish with me for Two months. the entire Lenten period. <laughs> I'm kind of sick of it. <laughs> Thanks for listening.